can't believe that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really got a stream in. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you any money to go. And that's why movies we missed. So don't forget who. Oh, that was off. Hold on. So don't forget who's it's not great. So Keep don't it. forget who's taking you home and in whose arms you're gonna be. Mm. Oh darling, it's Dermot Moroney. Wow. And let's ignore the fact that I said Mick Roney the first time, which is nobody's <laughs> last name. Hey, hey, hey! And welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, and we've got your lovely co-host, Jane Amy Hammer, coming at you oh. live and in person, not to be confused with her cousin, Army. Um, and before we get into the episode, we do want to say, if you are titillated by the conversation mm. that's happening here, if you're wondering what's going on or what Jane's, you know, making for dinner, those kind of things, we talk about mm. that in our social medias all the time. All you the can time. find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Movies We Missed. And if you're a twi- 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 Twitter Twitter follower, you can find us over there at MWM chat at one of the most award-winning Twitter accounts um, this side of the Mississippi. I'll just do it that way. Decorated. 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 Considered. Um, <laughs> Jane, it's so nice to see you today. You got a really yeah. cute hoodie on and that oh, face is well, beat. Oh, the the what's beat? Your face is beat, I said. Oh, I'm not wearing I'm wearing zero makeup, first of all. And this is actually a crew neck sweatshirt, not a hoodie. But thank you for all the compliments. Brandon, you're wearing a hat, which is like a rare thing for you. You look it, it's, is. it has gotta... a B on it. Sorry. For it's a cap. For those of you who don't know the difference between like what kind of hat, it is a cap, like a baseball cap. And it's it a looks baseball great. cap. It's a, it's you a look way that I sexy honor. Sexy as hell. You look thank like you. somebody who is you know, just young and fun and cute and living it up. Thank you. I was I wanted to honor my roots as a member of uh, as a young person, as a as a as a youth, as a mm-hmm. rapscallion in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, as a as a baseball player. Um, Where, did you ever play baseball? I did. There was actually a movie that was loosely based on <laughs> my baseball years. It was called I Hardball would... and it starred Keanu Reeves. Um, oh, I was I've never one seen of those, that movie. I was one of those scrappy youngins um, on the team who who really gave the what for, you know, to our coach. Um, mm. So, Because yeah. you were a child actor. I was. I was a Did child actor. Did people not know that about you? On You may not have mentioned on the podcast, you starred in many movies as a youth. I did. I start in a, a lot of movies. I, you know, I was in that. They did a black version of that Trex commercial. Hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. And it was, mm-hmm. hey, Marshawn, I think he likes it. That actually is a life serial commercial, not Chuck's. Whatever. I, w- I was a kid, and they- I was so drugged up on those sets, I hardly remember. You were cashing <laughs> the checks, so who cares? They right? gave me the they gave me the Shirley Temple treatment, so they just kept me in a in a treasure chest between shoots, and you know, a couple pills to get me. They called them jumpy mm-hmm. pills, and they got me really alert. Mm-hmm. Um, Your go go juice, as as they say on toddlers and TRS. Ooh, hey hey, Alana, shout out. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Very that. Very God, that. We are praying for you girl 
Uh, I'm just hoping you're thriving. Um, but uh, Jane's got some opinions, apparently. No, I'm hope I'm praying that she is thriving. I haven't heard from her in a while. Her family setup seemed difficult. I just hope she's doing well. That's all I'm saying. I think everybody's just they're probably just doing the best they can, like all of us, I'm sure. Like so I try not to ju- I try not to judge people. Um, Speaking of judgment, I would love to. It would, it's it's. I don't even know how many years in a row it's been, but it is the uh, probably 10th consecutive year that my request to be invited to the Met Gala has been denied. So oh, they still let that you've been left on red again, huh? By Anna. I've been left on red. Anna, Anna Wintour. Yeah. <laughs> will oh. not call my people back. So she threw out that last name. Okay. Make sure the, mm-hmm. make sure the kids knew. I um, want to make sure she's listening. I, you know, you had, she, had, there was a whole, there was a talk, wasn't there with the Mackey estate about you wearing Marilyn Monroe's, um, the dress that she that she sang "Happy Birthday" to um, President JFK while she was wearing there was, I remember discussion about it, and well, uh, I saw Kim had it on and that made sense and she's really like a cultural um, tastemaker mm-hmm. so I saw that I know so that you're, so what you're saying is similar to what the estate of Marilyn Monroe is saying which is. They'd rather have a, a quote unquote tastemaker, a cultural icon, a, a cultural figure wear the dress than me. They're probably not saying it like that. They're probably saying it like, Boop, Boopie, too. We're the estate of Marilyn Monroe. We'd rather have someone who has, I don't know, a little bit of like culture clout wear our dress. Oh, but I'm saying, but you, you're agreeing with that. You're, that's something that you feel makes sense. It feels correct to me. Um, but I, mean, I know I you a, bring your own a, thing to it. But I had my ba- I had a backup outfit planned. So it wasn't like that had to be the only thing if I went. You were going to go as Barney, right? If that didn't work out if the. Well, no, the theme was uh, Gilded Age, I think, was the So you were going to go as Gilda Radner and send it up. Um. Well... <laughs> Comedic legend. I can, I can describe to you what I was going to wear if you want. That's okay. Um, okay. We're going to go ahead and move into um, the movie of the week. Um, but Wow. No, I'm joking. <laughs> what were you going to wear? What were you going to wear? I really want to know. <laughs> I was like, that is so hateful that you would no, no, no. entertain my outfit. I, I love you. I'm excited. What were you going to wear, Jen? Thank what were you, you talking to the designers about um, okay. making you? Well, Probably Dolce & Gabbana. I know you like them. The idea was entirely topless, of course. Did you try Eternally 40? I know Forever 21 said no, but <laughs> their mother, the mother, the grandmother brand that they have, I know. Maybe that would be Eternally been a place for 40. Well, she's not there yet, sweetie. So I'm. I, We're not talking about her. We're talking about you. Yeah, and I'm talking about me in the third person. Are Brandon. you she? I am not 40. Okay. <laughs> it's just numbers and facts, babies. I don't understand <laughs> what Marilyn Monroe's dress has to do with the Gilded Age, though. Okay, well, I was, I was thinking, like, don't they talk about, like, the Gilded Age of Hollywood or something? Also, oh, is that, oh, is that what they were going for? I guess Gilded. otherwise it just turns to a costume party. I don't know. Um. I don't, <laughs> no, but, like, honestly, this is the whole thing about the Met Gala is that nobody dresses on theme. Everyone just thinks of the most wild fucking thing they can wear and wears it. And then they're like, there's, like, some clip I saw of... Um, Kourtney Kardashian and somewhat. Did you see what she was? Did you see what she was doing? 
Um, I did not. No, I did I not. Said, yeah, and I, I think Dave. Dave actually chimed in with something useful. I think he's. You, you're thinking of the golden age of Hollywood, not the gilded <laughs> age of Hollywood. Dave didn't chime in with something useful. He chimed in in an <laughs> effort. To ruin me on my own podcast. He wanted to. Well, you're which guest, I'm doing first of very, all. very you're, well. You're on, on a my guest own. stint. That's why we often say and featuring. <laughs> um, let's not get it twisted. <laughs> this is the house that Brand built. Okay, girl. Um, Excuse me. I just I don't want this narrative sorry, that you've you guys, been pushing you are gonna lately. Turn down. You're gonna want to turn down the volume because I'm, I'm going to need you to turn it. No, I want you to turn it up. Mind. I need you to turn up the volume, okay? Because, because the revolution. This motherfucker is trying it's to gonna take be televised. credit. Here we go. It's exhausting. For everything I put into this podcast, and this is why I only tears. do guest. This is why I only do guest stints because of this. Uh, what? Jane's because here. <laughs> Jane's here. <laughs> by the grace of B. How dare um, you? You say it. You say it out loud that this is my podcast, me. too. Your lip was quivering. You said, Brandon, <laughs> like, I don't have a cultural reach. Um, I'm trying to get. <laughs> I know that you have your finger on the pulse. You're a youngin. <laughs> the kids are turning to you for inspiration. Well, um, you know what? Now I don't need to defend myself because people can understand that you are spitting absolute lies at this point. Oh, my God. Maybe if it was opposite day. But <laughs> right now? It's all true. Um, but I don't want to get into the specifics of the contract that I made you sign, the NDAs. Um, I want to get into a movie about contracts of the body is what I want to do. Ooh, what a good segue to finally talk about the movie. You're good yeah, at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane gave me um, a movie that I think all of us will agree was a cultural reset. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It redefined the, the genre of... Uh, romantic comedies, I'd say, you know, mm-hmm, it made mm-hmm. my best friend's wedding look like my best friend's pegging. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it is Le Wedding Date. Um, Le the Wedding, wedding Date starring, you know, this generation's Lucille Ball, almost I, Deborah Messing. I knew, I was like, I'm waiting how long it's going to take for you to sarcastically call Deborah Messing this generation's Lucille Ball. Well, here's and the thing. I think if people had really rallied behind her, that could have been something that people discussed um being possible <laughs> but i think that wait uh, that was the most non-committal sentence i've ever in my life but please when, when i saw being the ricardos i thought to myself why didn't messing get the call <laughs> i really did um but we know how they work we know how the big machine works we know what the illuminati's up to Big so Hollywood, big Hollywood, they're big trying Hollywood. to keep our girl down, you know, Malali's still mm-hmm. not talking to her allegedly. So it's like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? True? You know, they, well, you know, they had their big falling out. That was the whole thing. I did when, not know. I did don't you know. not hear about and that? You no, know, I specialize I... in middle aged uh, white woman uh, tea. drama. Uh, yeah, of it stays tepid. Um, what, did I, what did I call you about? I called you and I was like, oh, my God, did you hear about the, the tea between Jane Seymour and Joan Collins? <laughs> And you were like, what? That is not <laughs> my, that's not my bracket. Jane Seymour and Joan Collins. Like, no, I, it missed me somehow. Please, <laughs> please elaborate. And you oh did. You God. told me all about it. Was it. And it, was, it was good. I loved hearing you tell me about it because A, I don't think I would have had the experience of someone so excited to have the information <sighs> that they had. I couldn't wait to tell you the octogenarian yeah. the octogenarian dolls are fighting sometimes and <laughs> it's worth noting is um, jane seymour in her 80s 
No, she's not. And she wouldn't okay. appreciate me lumping her in. Um, but yeah, no, it is. It's it's good. It's lukewarm. Say, You're not going to scald your tongue on this tea. You don't have to blow on it or anything. Uh, okay, she's 71. So she's not quite there yet. Yeah, not quite. But, you know, she plays She plays, She plays. plays around in that kiddie pool, though, with the <laughs> with the dolls. So, yeah, she's adjacent. Um, but yeah, so... Octo adjacent. Um, so we are gonna <laughs> we're gonna dive into this movie. It was a romantic comedy that built mm-hmm. upon every other romantic comedy. It was one of those romantic comedies that were like, why don't we just take this from that and take this from that and see what happens? Mm-hmm. Um, are we gonna form our own sort of path or identity? Nah. No. <laughs> um, let's not reinvent the world, baby. Um, Jane, I actually you probably have like musings. You probably have like some sort of like summation of the movie a synopsis that you want a to sort synopsis. of yes, give I was the kids a little bit of a taste of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right great and um <clears throat> let me get a little i know you sit. speak like five different languages and sometimes mm-hmm. we'll hop on here it'll be time for jim to do the synopsis and she'll have written the whole thing in french because she just gets confused because she's always going between languages it's so embarrassing. It's like, where was my head at when I did this? You know, exactly. And, and then I have to translate my Ugh. French comedy into my English comedy. And it's like, so, you know what I mean? The worlds are different. The worlds are different. And the standard of comedy is different. And so French anyway, comedy, you guys English comedy all over the place. Your life is mm-hmm. a Greek tragedy also. So <laughs> which one are we going to be, you know, touching on this week? I'll let you know. I'll give you that space. He got one in folks just before the synopsis. Anyways, let's take a trip to jolly old London town with Deborah Messing and Dermot Mulroney to witness the nuptials of Amy Ellis and Ed Fletcher Wilton. We're following New Yorker Grace Adler. Oh, wait, sorry. Cat Ellis to her half-sister's wedding in London, where they both grew up and where the whole Ellis fam still resides. Cat stole away to New York two years ago when her fiancé, Jeffrey, no last name, unceremoniously called off their wedding without a lick of an explanation. Cat has seemingly moved on, but there's one complication. Her sister's wedding might be a bit uncomfortable, considering the best man is her former flame, Jeffrey, no last name? Don't worry. Kat has a plan. She brilliantly cashed in $6,000 of her 401k and hired a male escort to accompany her across the pond as her fake boyfriend. Nick, played by Dermot Mulroney, is a hot ticket in his industry. He even had an anonymous write-up about how he's a woman whisperer in New York Magazine, so he should be worth every penny. As soon as they arrive in London, Nick gets to work putting the entire family at ease and excelling at his main objective, make Jeffrey no last name totally jealous. As they move through the various wedding events with carefully planned PDA and the false familiarity that only a long-term couple could possess, they got the whole family hoodwinked. (laughs) But alas, what's this? Could a spark be building? Ready to light a flame in both Nick and Kat? Could all this faking it lead to actually making it? We find out there's more behind the scenes than just a business deal when they end up making love on Kat's father's boat. 
could they really be falling for each other? Everything seems to be going swimmingly until the night of the rehearsal dinner when Jeffrey, no last name, makes a shocking convention to his once betrothed cat. The reason their engagement ended so abruptly two years ago was because he slept with Kat's sister, none other than tomorrow's bride, Amy? (sighs) Hold on, there's more? Her new love, Nick, found out about it 30 minutes before the rehearsal dinner and didn't pull her aside to tell her, even though it would have been really horrible timing? Kat is furious. Furious at Jeffrey, no last name, furious at Amy, and furious at Nick. How will she handle this intense betrayal? Will she walk back into the rehearsal dinner and reveal to everyone that the bride has repeatedly shagged to the best man? Will she lash out at her new man, Nick, who's done absolutely nothing to deserve it? Will everyone pull the wool over their eyes and go ahead with the wedding as planned? You'll never, ever know or even be able to guess unless you go ahead and watch 2005's The Wedding Date. Boom. I was listening to you talk about the movie, and I enjoyed it. Thank you for the synopsis. I think you touched on a lot of things that I plan on, you know, delving into with you. I I also (laughs) was thinking about the Gilded Age and what I would wear. I have two ideas. First of all, I think I would have centered my outfit on Prohibition as a theme. And I would have either done, like, I would have probably done, like, a really, like, chic, like, uh, like a double-breasted suit. But I would have, like, it would have been a fabric that was, like, that looked like a barrel, like a wood barrel. Like the entire thing would have been like a like barrels that alcohol was stored in. Oh wow! So like I a like that. a wood grain sort of like yeah. and, you know, or I would have just gone like completely like the other direction in terms of bootlegger, and I would have mm. shown up somehow and something chic that like that like nodded to like bootleggers who like you know when i was growing up like there were bootleggers that used to show up at like the black beauty salons and stuff and they would have like bootleg dvds and bootleg cds and like vhs tapes and things like that so i would have figured out a way to like either like go like a really chic trench that like is lined with like Mm -hmm. with like a bunch of like compact discs maybe or even like contact discs on the outside and i would have used like the shiny side of the contact disc with like and i gotten different people to write the names of like the different like CDs that were like on the disc or something like something fun. I love in that, that way. So I think either of those would have been like a really mm-hmm. like interesting way to like tackle like the theme of prohibition. But I would have probably gone like that sort of like, you know, that sort of way with it. But. So not a metallic adult diaper. I wouldn't have done that. I'm not gonna do that again. Um, okay. I left okay. my mark at the kids choice awards. And so I'm just going to leave it alone. Um, <laughs> But anyway, um, so yeah, so we got we got this movie. There's a lot of questions. First thing I want to say is that like I've seen this movie before, but it was a long time ago, and yeah. I didn't really remember it. I remembered like it being a romantic comedy that was that was that went down easy, and so like that totally. I remembered about it, and like it lived up to that. It did. I love that this movie comes mm-hmm. in at a whopping 78 minutes without the credits. Absolutely. Um, in I mean, and out, you really are. Um, mm. I think they could have used a little bit of that time. I'd lo- I would have loved 12 minutes of character development. They <laughs> yeah. tacked that on. Well, um, I think is, it could have really, really it helped really us out. Could a bit. Used it. it really could have used it because nobody was a person in this movie. Nobody but- was a person in this movie. And also, the two main characters, they went. I had a moment where we were watching the movie and I turned to Dave and I said, Are they in love? 
Like, because yep. I didn't see it happen. Because it wasn't on screen. Either. And it's, it's like so funny. And I'm a, and Jane and I are both romantic comedy connoisseurs. So we're not people yes. who are coming at this by just like pissing on this movie because it is like it's not high art. Like, you know, we want we're used our rom- to we want our romantic comedies to be swoon worthy. We want them to be good. We want them to be fun. We want them to be we want them to be good. We don't enter into these things. Although I think we both entered into this knowing that this wasn't going to be a great we knew, one. We knew we that. Knew yeah, we knew we were getting still, into it. But, but the still, reason, you're right. The reason why I picked this, which you actually touched on in the big, just a few minutes ago. So, okay, there's two reasons. First of all, I know this movie so well, which is a very random movie to know very well mm-hmm. because it didn't do super well. And it's not a movie that people talk about a lot. But it is one of the last movies that I rented from Blockbuster and never returned. Nice. So we love I- a consistent queen, yeah. <laughs> By the way... Um, just a little backstory on me, which, uh, you know, this movie would and never... what is a, bo- a blockbuster, by the way? Because that's a little before my yeah, time. Yeah, for about. the kids. So we used to have in, um, before streaming services, before the internet, really. Um, before the internet? <laughs> I don't remember it. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. There. I was yeah. such a goo goo baby before the internet, so... <laughs> <laughs> Brandon just gave me. You did weird, like, crab hands for some reason? I don't know why I did a hand gesture with it. Um, <laughs> I regret, like, everything that just tumbled out of my mouth in the last 30 seconds. Me okay. too. <laughs> so, Blockbuster. You used to rent movies. You used to go to a store and pick up the physical VHS or DVD copy of the movie, rent it, and then bring it back. But what I missed about that sort of like agreement with Blockbuster is that I had a lot of trouble bringing those bad boys back. Even if I didn't like the movie, I was so bad at returning movies. And to the point where like I had several different cards at different movie places and I just was like never allowed to go back there because they wanted to charge me like hundreds of dollars You're such an appalling person like <laughs> the ways in which like, of course this is something you would have trouble with like of course you wouldn't be good about returning movies you were probably awful about returning books to the library too I uh I, I actually if you depends. weren't then it's because Nanham was on yet on that ass that's the only was, reason why you I weren't. was about to say because most of my library use happened in like my either um, my childhood or like through high school, I had someone who reminded me that I needed to do those yeah. things. And, you know, it is something it is a little window into my chaotic brain that I'm not very good at returning things to rental places. To the people they, to the, where they belong. <laughs> <laughs> to the owners. Don't, don't let me. Um, (laughs) to be fair i don't ask people to lend me things ever because i don't return them no Um, that's true but this was one of the movies that i had and i didn't even like the movie that i I was like it was a fine movie but like i just had it so i would like throw it on sometimes and so that's how i got to know it very well and it was um you know the thing that I like about this movie is that it has, even though it's in 2005, it does have that like that. It's like the end of like that 90s era rom-com feel. You know what I mean? Like there's it's got that it's got that energy like there's Mm -hmm. no tech 
There's, you know, there's answering machines. You don't see a single cell phone in this movie. And like, you know, it, it just has that. It's like the end of that era. So I think that's like why it's like a warm blanket of a movie to me, even though it's not that good. It is. Um, it is. It's a cute. What's well, cute movie? Well, there are a couple cell phones. You're right. I mean, cell phones aren't a huge part of the plot. There's the moment when he goes into the bar and all the women are all over him because every woman in this movie who isn't oh spoken God. for is ravenous. <laughs> Always in the rom-com. Any woman who is not attached to a man has divorced Eats. herself from any any forms of like, like any forms decorum. of decorum, any forms or like of like social like interaction. There's with no man. social. Like, there's no cues because the, because these movies always sort of posit that like there is this shortage of men. So like, and it doesn't matter if they're good men, by the way, but just a right, shortage exactly. of men. So it's like. Every woman is just like, I've got to have him. And it's like, calm <laughs> down. Like, uh, the cousin, <laughs> TJ, is just like, her energy, she's just like a walking vagina. She's an idea. With a mar- is what, she's she, only an she's idea. A, she's a walking vagina with a martini and a cigarette. That is how you describe her character. It, and I do want to say really quick, like, that Blockbuster era, I remember this was like during like sort of the death rattle of Blockbuster. Yeah, where they mm-hmm. were running those promotions, trying to get you in the door. I used to go to Blockbuster a lot, and I used mm-hmm. to go, and I would, I would. Well, I also, I, I, I'm an old man, so I would rent the movies from the middle section because they were always ninety nine cent. I didn't need that new new, <laughs> so I would rent the movies from the middle section and uh, return them, you know, really quickly. But then also they would like waive return fees and stuff at the end. They just wanted you in the door. It was yeah. just like, please. I didn't. I um, didn't pay for any of the movies that I never returned. I dodged oh, those. I, I never, I never thought you did. When you started okay. talking about the all of the like cards that you had, I put those pieces together. Um, you're uh, also like I was banned from renting anything on any. I would like I remember I would like borrow my sister's card or I borrowed my brother's card one time to Blockbuster. My parents' card. Anything you all- could to get in that door in that trench, probably with sunglasses <laughs> and a hat on, hoping they don't recognize you. Um, but no, I remember like it was a it was a gold it was a golden era, and then it was over. And then remember that like tweet, like there was like the tweet making fun. There was like the last blockbuster, and it was like they had like yeah. put up like a tweet, and it was like, "Hey, what are you in tonight?" The final, like, the fi- the final blockbuster had a very funny Twitter presence for a long time. Yeah, and then they they closed finally. But then I don't remember what their final it. tweet was. But it was, it was something like that. It was like sure. what it's like. What's going to be your rental tonight or something? Yeah. And it was like, well, we it's hope like, you've rented a pod to load up with <laughs> with all of the accoutrement because it's over. It's a wrap for we you, hope baby. You're prepared to turn those keys over at midnight because yeah, you have to the, the, the owner of that building he's going to yeah. be turning that into a nail shop probably um <laughs> but yeah no this movie like it is it smacks of all of these other romantic comedy movies in this really <laughs> funny way i love that like, like the amy adams character in this movie she plays a character named amy uh mm-hmm. they really didn't they didn't get to they didn't question anything <laughs> they were just like sure uh like her character is like just a version of like the Cameron Diaz character from There's Something About Mary, but without like without like mean, the nuance. Do you do you mean my best friend's wedding? I do. Uh, okay, words mean nothing to me anymore. No, of course uh, not. I just say words that are not the right words. <laughs> this is a new thing for me. Um, but yeah, the Cameron Diaz character from uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, she's just like a version totally. of Kimmy. 
And it is like, I think that's her name. And it is really, it's Good really, memory. I think that's um, right. is it right? That's, it's it really is. funny because it's like, it's that character, but without like the nuance. And I think that that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And like Deborah Messing's character was so frustrating in the beginning of this movie. I oh didn't understand what she did for like a job. Although that's never really clear in these films. Did she work yeah. at the airline? So, yeah. So it sounds like she is either head of customer service for a particular airline or like well, Virgin was sort of featured a lot. Yeah, maybe Shout it was out to Virgin baby boy Branson, um, one of Janesville flames. It, well, <laughs> he doesn't claim me in his official Wikipedia, but he knows I what he it. did. Um, yeah, that sounds like maybe not a dating relationship so much. <laughs> so, something that hasn't quite. Uh... Well, he's he has a love child that he's uh, needs to pay for. Oh. Oh, is that where that's where Crispin comes from? Yeah, my son Crispin. <laughs> he's 15 years old. Um he's uh he's, he's really into painting, everything. isn't he? He's really into he's, painting. I know he doesn't respect you. <laughs> he doesn't um, respect me. He has locked me out of my own house several times. Um he's never washed his hair, so it's very, very He's very got a greasy. YouTube channel called Ugh Mom. <laughs> where he just sort of like divulges yeah. like family secrets really and like it's one of our funny of, inside jokes <laughs> Thirty thousand um. followers so uh the joke's out um <laughs> but yeah no anyway you'll take care of that with with big b um can yeah, you imagine having a child fathered by richard branson and not getting any coins <laughs> for it baby try again the way that i would be holding on to the side of his private jet <laughs> also i'd be wary of letting him take cash. the kid off too because it's like is he coming back or are you gonna try and make this problem disappear <laughs> um, so, so she works at some sort of airline. She works Maybe at an airline, but Virgin, Virgin is featured a lot in this. Yeah, in a I think, very I think like it's late nineties, early aughts kind of moment. Also, it's like I know people who have worked at airlines who do work at airlines, and like I don't think you make a ton of money, and yet she is well, riding in a first class ticket. I will say it depends, it depends on where you it depends on what you do at the airline. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she I'm sure her flight was free, yeah. but she certainly had to pay for Dermot Mulroney's flight. And. Well, I'm guessing I would assume she'd have to pay for that. And it's a first class ticket to London. That's an expensive ticket. And if that wasn't if that wasn't clear, they're flying to London from the States and her first from New York and her first meet from New York and her first meeting with Moroni is when she sees him on the plane oh, after wild. having provided him with the ticket. So, like, she gets on this plane sight unseen as far as this person's concerned. And she she's sort of meeting him before her sister's wedding for the first time on the flight to London, which is just like. What? So wild. And the thing is, too, it's based on this anonymous article that she found in The New Yorker. So she's never seen a picture of him. And she, like, tracked him down through whatever means. I don't know. So she literally is... It literally is sight unseen. And it's like for a person like her who they initially sort of set up as this type A personality, they like the way in which she performs neuroses is so annoying because it's like her version of neuroses is really just like this, like this, this like, I don't know, this prudishness that just rings false. It's like it is so like it's so limp. 
It's just like it is without any sort of zeal. There's it is convictionless. Um, and, <laughs> and like it's so unclear, like because all you know in the beginning, first of all, he leaves her a voicemail, and is how you get the entire setup for the movie from this one voicemail that he leaves for her. Um, you know, before they leave. And he's like, don't worry. Your ex fiance is going to be so jealous at your sister's wedding in London. Like he just spills all the beans on this voicemail. And I was like, you don't know what her living situation is. You guys have never even met in person and you're just leaving all of this on a voicemail. Like you are not going to be discreet. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a lot. Also, it's like embarrassing that she told you all that. Cause it's like, this is neat to know. And like, we could have this conversation on the plane. Well, like, but then the fact they that get she's there, they that. have a, like, it's pro- like a, maybe like a six hour flight from New York to London. And like, they get there and then like, they don't even have a backstory worked out. And I'm like, they like talk about it when they get to the first like cocktail party. There's a lot of conversations that they have at places that should have happened before they got to the place. When throughout the movie before they got on the plane. It's like, why are you, you don't, don't have this conversation at like the rehearsal dinner. Like talk about this. You were just in the room. It makes no sense. And there's a lot of moments in the movie in the beginning where she's just being so like squeamish and like, it just she's she's like she's being obtuse and it's like stop yeah. it like she's being weird about flying first of all and it's like why are you being so strange about flying is there supposed to be some irony in the fact that you work for the airlines but like you don't like to fly but then she does say at one point she's like i'm not a nervous flyer i fly all the time it's just that i'm meeting this guy yeah it was and too she much unloads on the flight a flight attendant she, what she does is she makes herself the most unlikable person in the first 10 minutes of this movie <laughs> it's also the moment where like the random person like there's a random like person who's sitting like across from her before you know we meet the nick the Dermoni character and the woman says oh are you or like are you an are you a nervous flyer and she says and she says, no, I'm not a nervous flyer, but I'm headed to my sister's wedding. And the and the best man is my ex-boyfriend. And the woman is, like, repulsed at receiving this news. And she recoils <laughs> and she, like, picks up her newspaper. And it's like, first of all, if you're nosy enough to look over at a person and, like, get inquisitive about, like, why they're, like, a little bit, why they seem a little bit, like, un- unsettled, then, like, you're the type of person who's going to lean in when you get that kind of tea. Right, you're not the absolutely. type of person who's going to be disgusted by it, like... It would have been one thing if she had said, if she had looked over at the woman and been like, I know you're probably wondering why I'm so nervous, but it's because I'm going to my sister's wedding and the best man is my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Which then, again like, would make you, her even more unlikable. Imagine but sitting next But you would be like, okay, I get this woman's like reticence, but it's like, she's just like, you open this door. You know, that's why I don't <laughs> say anything to anybody sitting by me. Oh my god. Because I know Never. what that means. And they start up, they start up before the plane takes off. You know what you're about to get into. Oh. Ooh, guess we're gonna have to guess we're gonna have to get acquainted, huh? Our elbows are probably gonna be touching on this plot. I don't know. Stop. No. Enough. I literally like I uh, that's why I I always wear my hair up on a plane because I want everyone to see my headphones in. I never want anyone to talk to me. And the only time I want someone to speak to me on a plane is like if they need me to move so that they can go to the bathroom or whatever. Other than that, like I ne- I ne- I like I will smile and nod at you. I, I also I feel like you don't even have to speak to me then. If you have like a little like um like a safety pin or something, then you can just press it into my thigh and that'll <laughs> let me know to move my legs so that you can go to the bathroom. Okay, so you want to be stabbed by your seatbelt. Or if you want to just pinch me on like my on my on my love handle right there. If you pinch me, squeeze really aggressively, that'll also let me know to move my, my you legs want so you them get to reach back behind you. 
and between you and your seat where you're sitting and grab your love handles. That or give me like a 30 minute massage and then I'll know to move my leg. A 30 minute massage. You want a stranger to give you a 30 minute massage. I can't imagine. I can't even wrap my head around how bad your reaction would be to someone if they did that. (laughs) What do you mean? Like me? You don't think I'm I'm going with the flow? No, you are absolutely not. If someone attempted to give you an unwanted massage with no conversation beforehand and just started touching you on a plane, you would your first instinct would be to punch them in the face. I just had the image of a person lathering their hands in like baby oil and then trying to massage me, but also not like not like under my shirt, just like on top of my T-shirt, just like shellacking my shirt in baby oil and just giving me a massage. And you look over and they're just like, don't think about it. Don't don't try and categorize it. It is what it is. Um, it's like no, that'd what be... this is is an assault. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this isn't wanted. Um, but yeah, no. On the she meets him. There's clearly like this sort of I guess connection. It's like it's instantly sort of this cheekiness. And here's, um, here's how I feel about this. And I'm sorry. I know that you, you are, were turned on, were you? from the second I saw Deborah Messing brushing her teeth in the beginning of this movie. I don't know why. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. First of all, I want to talk about how difficult it is to say Dermot Mulroney's name. I've, I can't say it. Am I saying it it right? Is that right? That's it. You did it. Every time it sounds like it's going to come out wrong. I feel like the Academy Awards don't know how to say his name either. (laughs) <laughs> well, like, what performances are we talking about? This one. <laughs> Look, don't get me wrong. I, I really like Dermot Mulroney, but I don't feel like Dermot Mulroney. Why well, can't I can't? Uh, I don't feel like he's like. He's the guy you go to for range. You know what I mean? Like, he, no, we actually had a conversation last night about how, like, even there's a there's like a moment where like they decide to like have this sexual like you know liaison, mm-hmm. and it's like Dermot Moroni is like. Although I still, Dave, you're gonna watch my best friend's wedding. It's happening. But oh my god, my best friend's wedding is a great. My best friend's movie. wedding, you will love it. Actually, what I have found out about you, my my Midwest boy. Um, you you got some bro in you, but also you love a good you love a good rom com, um, and it's a good one. It's a it's a it's a it's a good romantic comedy. Um, oh, my best friend's wedding is like probably the standard of the nineties like, rom com. And Dave was very smitten with Pretty Woman, although the energy's changed. There's been quite the revisionist history that's being perpetuated these days. But if I remember correctly, I mean, like, he's, like, distanced himself from how much he enjoyed it. Like, we watched it, and I, of course, was like, I mean, I'm all in always. But it was, like, something about watching Pretty Woman with a person who never seen it before. And before we watched it, Dave said to me, I'm not a big Julia Roberts fan. I don't get the fuss over her. And I was like, fair enough. But... I was like, if you see, like, like Pretty Woman is a star-making performance. And if you watch it, you will understand why Julia Roberts is that girl. And and he watched it and he just said, I understand why it was so popular. But you also, like, you fall in love with her in that movie. She is, she is so, she's so endearing. In Pretty Woman? Like, yeah. Yeah, she's, oh, absolutely. She's like, she's literally, and pardon the expression, pardon the, the outdated word, but the expression oh, is. Oh, you're going to use the N-word? No, God. You said outdated and I didn't know. Okay, continue. 
Let me finish my damn sentence. I just wanted to confirm. I didn't want you to get yourself canceled. <laughs> She's literally the, that, the standard of like the hooker with a heart of gold. Oh, and for sure. The outdated term is hooker. We should be saying sex worker. We know, mom. (laughs) I'm just letting everyone know. Not throw around N words. I said hooker. It's not necessarily a polite term nowadays. So I just wanted. If you hung out with Jane outside the podcast, you know why I had to ask her what she was going to say next. (laughs) That is not true. Tell them what you call me when the when the when when it's not rolling. I'm not going to say it, but you've taken the context of earlier. Um, love of my life, most precious friend that I have. Like, what, okay. what, what can I call you? No, that's cool. Okay, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that pivot you had. Um, yeah, yeah. So this <laughs> movie isn't complimentary. <laughs> this movie isn't. This movie I isn't. Got a couple of things I'll say on the podcast that aren't quite as complimentary. Yeah, I know you do. Um, so there's a lot there. This movie doesn't really give you that moment, but it does give you if you like like a slightly sort of convoluted plot, it gets away from itself. But like there are some moments where like it's funny because as a character, she all of a sudden has this transformation that happens. And I feel like what they want, because over the course of the film, she sort of opens up in a way when we get to London and we like meet her family, like we quickly realize why she's sort of like everybody in this movie does this like wild like 180 towards the end of the film but like mm-hmm. there's this moment where like we meet her mother played by the iconic iconic uh, a lineage from which jane comes from as a sapphic woman um mm. we have a holland taylor in the mix we love jane's, jane's taylor. girlhood crush if i remember correctly um not quite but i do Sarah really Bita love the punch her. isn't that what you said <laughs> that's never been said but i stan a little Hollins and a little Sarah. One of the things Tara said when we were watching this movie <laughs> was she goes, she was like, Holland Taylor must have had such a great time filming this movie because she's just popping in and out being Holland Taylor and just like hanging out in the English countryside. Like it's not a lot of heavy lifting for her. Oh, for and sure. So it must have been like a good experience for her. Also, this movie, um, by the way, released February 4th, 2005, right in time for that Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a budget of 15 million, made 47.5 million at the box office. So get into it because plenty of people did. Um, yep. That's, you know, that's probably a hit, you know, as far as they're concerned. I'm sure messing went back Financially. to, you know, the production companies. And she was like, look at this. I'm more than just Grace Adler designs. Like, I need another starring vehicle. And they were like, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> Because she was giving us Grace Adler this whole movie, but like peak annoying Grace Adler with like worse writing. Oh, I don't so agree. Wasn't as, you don't? No. <gasps> That's Grace why I said. Adler, Grace Adler is such a like irreverent character, though. Like, Grace oh, no, no, no. is so rash saying... and like. No, no, no. I am not saying that I'm not saying I love Grace Adler. I love Will and Grace. That oh, was like, sure. yeah, I, I love the character. Of Grace. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to our life. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So this is so so they get there. They get to London. We, we quickly they really the thing about this movie is that they hit you over the head with so many. They want you to understand relationships. And they actually the thing is that they actually have the time to set them up and establish them better than they do. And it's like the writers have such a heavy hand in this movie at times. And it is just like, can we stop? Can we just pull it back a little bit? Like there's the moment where we meet her mother and then her mother go. Her mother quickly lets us know that like she's a failure. And I feel like there was more subtle ways to like uh, to like 
tell the story of like a mother who is disappointed by her daughter's by her daughter's like sing- singleness, like by her daughter having not yet found a mate. Her mother gets up and does a Lenny Bruce style comedy act <laughs> where she hits the stage at the, at her sister at at our lead at our leading lady cat at her sister's wedding. Um, Amy, played by Amy Adams, who they who you know had to dye her hair blonde. Apparently, I wonder if that was Miss Messing. Although in my oh, mind, sh- I'm like the red hair to me would have been like a signal to the fact that you know it would have been a link because you don't look alike. So so I thought the red hair actually would have been useful, but I like that they were like blonde hair. No, no, you have to be blonde. We it's going to show you that you cannot have two redheads in one movie. Are you it's going to confuse me? everybody. What is everybody. this? Like divorce? <laughs> A movie I haven't seen. I just know it stars like Naomi Watts and Kate Hudson. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I did see that, but I don't really remember it. I'm, I was yeah. I'm, your our experiences are probably very similar. Me not mm-hmm. having seen it, and you have, and having like erased it from your mind, like the Basically. critics. Um. So <laughs> Holland Taylor goes up on stage, and she just starts roasting her daughter, and like she gets up there, and like one of the first she starts things roasting Cat, who is not she the starts, one getting married. Yes, she. It's <laughs> it's all about Amy's wedding, which is like we're already here to celebrate her, which means you know, and Cat's already sort of dealing with the fact that like the you know the best man at this wedding which is the whole reason that she's hired this nick character is to like make him jealous or regret his decision but um but the character of jeffrey um that's her ex-boyfriend he's there and then the mom goes up on stage and instead of just celebrating amy whose wedding it is she's got a handful of salt and she's left all these wounds on cat and she's like let's let's dig in there she is um she lets everybody know that she in in no point you know did she imagine that she'd be marrying off amy first this this wasn't Mm. the plan you know but then after cat you know found herself you know once again without a man mm-hmm. <laughs> time to pivot mm-hmm. you know time to pivot her i think she says at one point her last relationship or that crashed and burned and it's like what is this speech are you drunk did you prepare this like it was too much and i said to dave party for someone else and i said to dave this is when you need the aunt you need mm-hmm. the sister or you need the cousin to walk up and take the mic mm-hmm. and be like yep e fucking enough go sit mm-hmm. down you're embarrassing yourself <gasps> Or this is when you need the writer to think, to say, hey, this is a bit much. Maybe we could do this a little bit more subtly. And Can we have like a quick hand. moment where like the where like the mom is just talking to like maybe the mom's meeting Nick and they're having a quick moment, a little aside conversation. Absolutely. And she says yeah. something like, oh, my. Oh, my God. After she lost the last one, I was I was under the or like when the last one left, I was under the impression that that was the final man on Earth. <laughs> but mm-hmm. she seems to have found you Oh, <laughs> like something along those lines. It's yes, still absolutely deplorable. Exactly. But at least it's happening in a way that like there's an ease you know that's why nick is like the good character to direct that to because he's new to this world so we as the audience should be following nick around for these moments and see it through nick's eyes not i'm going to make a speech in front of the entire wedding and the way in which cat sort of deals with it is actually really like i feel like it's it's a it's sort of this is an opportunity for us to really get cat like like, if you're going to be embarrassed, like, don't be embarrassed about, like, Dermot Moroni showing you his butt cheek. Like, this is no. a moment that you get to you're- be, like, mortified. And instead, she just sits there sort of shrugging and giving us them's the breaks. And it's like, no, like, you just arrived. You are still dealing with jet lag. 
And like exactly, you don't deserve this. You haven't seen. You haven't come home to London in two years. They let us know, and this is how your family greets you. If that was me. I'd be on the next flight home, and I'd be like, Absolutely, "Y'all can marry yeah. her off on your own because I don't need to be spoken to that way." But it's also it's all about like you know letting us know that like they also talk in the movie repeatedly about how like. You know, Amy makes comments and like other characters make comments about how like Kat is like the girl, like she's that girl. And so she it's was like, the it girl. She was the popular girl in high school. Everyone was in love with her. And now look at her pathetic single New Yorker. And it's but like, also right. it's like she's she's given no respect in this family. So it's like, was she <laughs> yeah. that girl? Because I'm getting more from the way you're all treating her. I get more the vibe of her like writer wise. She seems like more the mousy like sister and the one who like was ultimately like looked down upon bends to the will of her younger sister like yeah there's one there's one point in this engagement party when she first gets there and her and dermot mulroney are having like what looks like a glass of whiskey and they're oh, sitting God. they're standing at the fucking bar where you order a drink and amy the younger sister comes up and she's like can i have that and like points to cat's drink and she just gives it to her and if that was me like i just i was like if that was me i'd be like you're at the bar you can order one why do you need my fucking drink like it's like they really want to make us understand this relationship but once again i feel like a more skilled writer would have figured out and also we end up figuring it out anyway without moments like that like Mm -hmm. with this character so it's like we don't need her walking up to a bar and taking like her sister's like backwash whiskey like (laughs) if you want a whiskey then like you order one from the bartender but it's like whiskey and it's weird like, how Kat just like hands her the glass and it's like, oh, we want to let us know that she gets whatever she wants. But it's like there's just there's just more masterful ways. I feel like I don't even 100%. say masterful because we don't even need masterful, baby. No, we don't we need Paul need Thomas something. Anderson on the script. We just need like a like, we a, need like something a that makes sense. Because also as a person with a sister who I'm close in age to my sister came up to me. No, like no matter what, if my sister came up to me and goes, can I have that to my drink? I'd be like fuck no get your own yeah i mean or like they try to explain to us later that they're not even like they don't get along so like why would again why would this character just bend to the will of her younger sister all the time it just they also do this funny thing that they do in movies i think it's really funny because i don't think people i've never really witnessed people do it in real life but i love when movies when people like repeatedly are like my half sister. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so there is calls a, their like half sibling like their half sibling like it's such a strange this thing to me. Pissed me the fuck off. I forgot oh. about this. I didn't like when I like wa- went back to this movie. I didn't realize it was her half sister. But at their like at the um, bachelorette party or the hen night as they say in the UK, um, Kat and Amy are drunk, and Amy gives her hug and she goes, "You're my half sister, but I whole love you." And I was just like, "What?" Is that mine? It bought it, it's it's an annoying implication for people who have half siblings that like you wouldn't love them in in their entirety because you don't share both parents. It's just so weird and you don't say that. Like you I think like most people who I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I have a half sibling. I don't think of my half sibling as my half sibling. I think of them as my whole sibling and literally never call them my half sibling. So I well, it was also just, well it's like it's like you're my adoptive you're my adoptive brother, but 
I, but I it's love like, you like genetically. It's like, what are we saying here? It's like you're um, my sibling, regardless my sibling. of like your genetic makeup. Why are you being weird about this? Unless it's being brought up specifically, like for like a reason. It's odd and it doesn't really do what you want it to do. Also, you brought up a really interesting point because it's like we'll we'll touch on it later. But like, there's the th- one of the things that they really explore in this movie is like the relationship between these two, and I mm-hmm. feel like they are ill-equipped to, like, really dive into a relationship between sisters that is complicated. And mm-hmm. I and they don't really try to in a meaningful way. And it is obviously, like, a schmaltzy romantic comedy, but I feel like there was a potential to really, like, explore whatever this is. There are these mm-hmm. moments. It's also because Amy Adams is such a great actress, and she's just yes. interesting, and she stands out even in, like, a really, like, shitty movie like this. Because yeah. she is just one of those actresses who, like always has something going on. She's a very rich inner life as an actor. Mm-hmm. And like, she does a lot with very little clearly yeah. in this movie. There are these moments where like, I think she's tapping into something and it's almost like the filmmakers were like, Oh, we're not equipped for that. Um, <laughs> so it's like, they don't know what to do with it, but there's like, she taps into like this sort of like this jealousy, this desperation, um, mm-hmm. this sort of like this internal scrambling to like make sense of things. And I think that it's something that she, that I've seen her do in other movies very, like very well. I really enjoy Amy Adams as an actress. Actually, this is not uh, she's like, an, Oh, she's, 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 she's really, actor. she's an incredible yeah. actress. Like I, I remember the first time I saw Amy Adams, I, well, the first time I saw Amy Adams was probably, although I don't really remember the movie, but it was probably dropped at gorgeous. But oh my god, I forget that she's in that. The yeah. first time I remember seeing her was Junebug because I saw that in theaters and I was like, "Oh, Junebug is such a good movie." I was like, "Who is that woman? She is incredible." She and was really good in Junebug. She was, and Miss Honey uh, is in Junebug too. Junebug too. Yeah, that is a great movie. Actually, it is. I it's love, like a lot of fun. I it's love a, that movie. You know who the you know who the male lead in that movie was. Alessandro Navallo. That's right. Navo- we were yep. just talking about him recently. Yeah. Um, what, what did we just see him in? Oh, he, in Face Off. Face Off. He plays Pollux, yeah. baby. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I. But the first thing I saw him in was um, Enchanted, actually. And I remember watching uh. Enchanted and I was like, this is just great. Like, I, I love sort of like the send up of like a Disney princess. And I love like really, really like complicating that narrative by placing them in like, you know modern times and seeing the way that they move through the world but she had this sort of like love a good fish out of water absolutely she had this abandon where she just fully like immersed herself in this world and like that that was the comedy and Mm -hmm. she really she really did sort of like win me over but anyway back to this movie um where that doesn't really happen uh but she like she she works with what she's got but there are these moments but she is she is the best thing about this movie oh, for sure for sure for sure her performance yeah um there are these moments where <laughs> there are these moments where she does like the messiest shit and it's oh like my God. How, like you how do you justify this as a writer there was just like it's like the the note she was hitting it wasn't the issue it was the way that they were going about getting her to hit them there's the there's the moment where like which we were just actually talking about. This was actually one of the funniest lines in the movie. They're having like their little hen night and they're at the bar and she realizes that the cat, Deborah Messing's character realizes that the bartender whose name is Woody is like an ex-boyfriend. And she says, Woody. And he says, not close, but getting there. And that's a really funny line. Um, Mm. But then Amy Adams walks up to her, her sister, and she sort of drapes herself over her shoulder and she sees Woody and remembers him from when Kat dated him. And she says, oh, yeah, she broke up with you because she said your breath smelled. (laughs) 
and and Kat's like, oh, she's she's just drunk. Like, I don't know what she's talking about. It's so good to see you. And it's just like, it was so, it was so messy and unnecessary. So messy. But it like, but it also like it made sure that you understood like the tier of petty we were dealing with. Um, exactly. The whole, because the whole, the whole, the movie like basically like hinges on the plot that like Kat cannot be great. Like, mm-hmm. like Amy will not allow it. And it's like those kinds of moments. But also this really curious thing happens in the movie where there's a moment where we find out that the that Holland Taylor's husband, who is the only father Deborah Messing's character is really known, but he is, in fact, her stepfather. But we've but he is Amy's biological father. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where the stepdad is talking to Nick Dermot Mulroney's character, and he makes a comment about meeting Kat for the first time as a little girl. And he says she ran into my arms and I just I knew I was instantly like I I knew that she was, you know, my mine, my girl. And it's really sweet. He said he was instantly a father. He was instantly a father. And there's and then you think about it and you do like the math. I think Amy Adams and like Deborah Messing are like seven years apart, six, seven years apart. But it's like this really, okay. it's this really funny moment because it's like later on in the movie, they keep making these comments that are sort of like gesturing towards like this sort of lifelong rivalry between these girls. But I said to Dave last night because it really bothered me. I was like, okay, so she's old enough to run into his arms. And I think she said something really cute. And in my mind, I'm, we're talking about a two or a three year old. You factor yeah, in like a couple yeah. of years for like bullshit respectability. Holland Taylor probably had this kid at, you know, at this, at the time she, she, they got married. She had the kid. Probably, she was probably like five. And it's like, but like they talk like they are contemporaries. And I'm not saying five years is a lot of time, but when they're Mm -hmm. sort of like detailing their lives and they're talking about like these events that have happened in their lives, I was just like, this math ain't adding up. Like, like there were moments. I didn't think about that at all. Oh, it was so right. It was so strange. They would be like, oh, you know, like the mother makes a comment at like this, at like, you know, this sort of like pre wedding rehearsal dinner thing where she's like, oh my God, these two, they used to go at it constantly. They fought over boys. And I was like, who were these boys? Because they need to be locked up. Because if they were, because if, if these boys, because they allude to the fact that like, that like Amy was, Amy stole Kat's boyfriend. And I was like, at what age would that not have been appalling? Are we like, are we talking about 17 year old Kat and like 12 year old Amy? Because that's time for you to step in mama and make, yeah, and make sense boys- of it. Those boys need to be, need to be put out to pasture or something. They that need is to be arrested. Oh, <laughs> but they were like, she was like, oh, they were always fighting over boys and like blah blah blah. It's like they shouldn't have been. There were laws. There were the laws I think of nature. They were trying to make us believe that they were maybe two or three years apart. That I didn't work. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's a really good well, point. I thought about it because I was like, what? I was like, Deborah Messing's got to be like in her mid thirties, and Amy Adams is giving me like maybe twenty seven. So yeah. I was like. I don't know, but you know what? You're probably right. They were probably trying to pull you a smoke and mirrors. They were trying mirrors. to age down d and it was oh, like... Oh, yeah. But then, when, but then when the stepdad made the comment about her running in his arms and blah, 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 and I was like, okay, so maybe we're talking four years between, you know, her being old enough to run into your arms and talk to you and then you guys getting married. Even still, it's like three, four years is a lot of time between sisters. Like, you shouldn't be dating the same dudes. Maybe once you become adults, no. but like yeah, high but school, like, junior high school... Yeah, but like in your formative years, that's not appropriate. That's weird and spicy. And and so I thought that was funny, but maybe that's me digging too deep. But that's my job. No, that okay? is what we do here is we expose things that people didn't think about and we ruin beloved movies for people. 
Um, <laughs> I remember when I bought a ring when I was going to propose to uh, my first husband who died in that mysterious accident. Um, yeah, which the uh, Ruxpin. It's still, um, it's still it's still a cold case. So if anybody has any information, make sure you call. Let's keep it um, that way. Um, because stoppers. it was hell wrangling mm-hmm. that that four point mm-hmm. five million dollars out of the insurance company. It's like I knew it. <laughs> I paid the premium. Um, you you give and Pam it to Huck, me. right? <laughs> uh, let's leave. Let's leave my clothes confidant, Pamela Hupp, out of this. Um, but no, I remember when I when I bought the engagement ring for my husband, I remember calling Jane up. And Jane's going to deny this probably because that's what she does. I don't remember that. I remember so I curious. called Jane up and I said to her, I said, hey, I just got the ring. I'm so excited. I think I'm going to propose. Like I was telling her when I thought I was going to propose. And I was like, but I don't know. Like I may be overtaken in like a moment and who knows, maybe I'll propose before then. And Jane said to me, if you get engaged before me, I will fucking kill you. That is an that is a, a real quote. I remember because it shook me to my core. And she didn't follow it up with ha 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 JK because she was not in fact joking. I was I was not joking because I knew my engagement was coming and I didn't want anybody to steal my damn thunder. <laughs> and so I remember that moment. And I think about it often because I'll have moments where I'll think like, it's so interesting how like we met our significant others like six, seven months apart and like blah, blah, blah. And like somebody had already made it clear that how things are going to be going. And I was not allowed. And I knew she wasn't joking. And I knew that if I did it, she would I, and I knew that if I did it, she would be like, of course, like on the surface happy, but I also know Jane, and I know that underneath she would be boiling. Um Of course, I, which is why which is why I nipped it in the bud and told you exactly how I was gonna feel if that happened. Thank you. Thank you for that truthful moment. So on that note, I want to go back to this movie and I want to talk about we were leading up to it. Jane had brought it up. She gets all this money out. She gets all of these this coin out. She shows up back at the house. Our Dermot Moroni character is in bed, and she goes in. Also, Dermot Moroni's in bed in a in the like he's in a pair of like white boxer briefs, and he has mm-hmm. a white button up on that he's sleeping in for some reason. Right? Is that he sleeping? No, no, so no, uncomfortable. No. What? Well, no, he puts it on. He puts it on. I'm sorry. He grabs. Okay, it. I was he like, grabs he slept it. in that. No, like, he's in a he's in a pair of white boxer briefs. He grabs a white button up and he just sort of throws it on. It's still unbuttoned, but he's like, "Where are we going?" She takes him outside. At this point, we're listening to. And none other than Maroon 5. <laughs> it is the album that I think after Adam Levine, after obviously you broke his heart, he wrote songs about Jane. He did, um, yeah. As an album. And <laughs> Tara goes, I, she goes, if I had to have sex in Maroon 5, I would kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have sex to, um, to, to Maroon 5. She will Guess be loved. What? i don't think either of us would be able to get it up did you say r.i.p kelly because i just did kelly preston she starred in the video (laughs) oh Interesting. No um, what you were talking about. Of course, I have nothing but respect for Kelly Preston, but that was just—I have just, no. 
no fucking clue what you meant. And your Brandon's face right now is like, I have, it's like I have danced on like a, a loved one's grave. And I, no, I'm just laughing because I just didn't know what he was talking about. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Kelly Preston, who was a big part of like just the culture, the film industry. Mm-hmm. She was an mm-hmm. acclaimed actress. Absolutely. Um, wife and I of love her. John Travolta, beloved by many. Um and uh yeah, that's all I'll leave it at. Um I'll leave it on that note, and Jane will leave it on the note of endless laughter. Um <laughs> You put me in a position <laughs> where I couldn't. The thing is, is that you set me up for all of these things. By the way, again, for this isn't a visual podcast, but you guys should see Brandon's open mouth of surprise. He's holding his hands up, shaking his head, and it is <laughs> like he's washing his hands of me, but he knows what he does. And you guys can hear it too, right? Cool. I would love to get just a DM of support on my end. So find so, us on, um, you know, Instagram and DM me and let me know. My support's with the tra- my support's with the Travoltas right now. Um, so I want to go ahead and pivot, um, and say that like Deborah Messing. Um, hold on, let's let Jane get some guffaws out. <laughs> we have to cut this. I look like the most disrespectful bitch on the planet. Um, it will stay in. Um, so we are going to um, pivot a little bit. So as she pulls him out of the bed, she pulls him for some reason. I guess she's got this nautical kink. For some reason, she drags him from the comforts of a bed to outside. And also, let's be clear that this boat is not a yacht. Okay. No, it's a small boat. Tara kept calling it the sex boat because when they pulled up to the English countryside, she goes, oh, there's the sex boat. Because apparently it they're is, bringing the boat to the yeah, wedding. Yeah, they brought the boat on the trip. They, <clears throat> they pull, She pulls him in and she lays him down. And this is one of those moments that I said to Dave, he's giving nothing. Like, this is a big <laughs> switch in terms of the character. We had a moment earlier in the movie right. where she gives him $6,000 and she says to him, this is $6,000. This is the $6,000 and he says any sort of sexual interaction is going to be extra. And she says, I find the idea of sex for money repulsive. And She said morally repugnant, which like, woo, repugnant. the judgment girl. Um, <laughs> Guess then, you've never yeah. been in a bind before and needed money and you fast. you have, right, but... Jane? You've been in that kind of bind and you've done, you've, I've been in many binds. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Um, yep. So she pulls him onto the boat, and I mean, it's Deborah Messing doing sexy, I guess. She like <laughs> she's pulls off her blouse, and but the whole time Dermot Maroney's given squinty eyes, and like he's maybe awake, <clears throat> and he's not like he looks like he could be doing his taxes. He he looks like he could. He looks like he could be mm-hmm. like he paid the extra like a hundred dollars, and he's messaging back and forth with like one of the TurboTax helpers um you know that's very much the vibe and they have like they have sex but it's like he does I want like I would love to see like excitement or eagerness from him I think it would have been a really interesting choice um but this is old hat for him and so he just sort of jumps into it I won't say enthusiastic because I don't want to put that on it it is he's just it's another day into it and And because because of the way this scene is cut too by the way Tara didn't think that they had sex she was like oh they just fell asleep no 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 they had sex I was like the implication is that they had sex well they wake up the next day yeah (laughs) what 
No, yeah. they have sex. <laughs> of course they did because they talk. They talk about it sort of later. Oh, but she no, was like, sure. she was like, no. But Dermot Mulroney is like, no, we, nothing happened, nothing happened. And I was like, he's doing he's just that because. Face. Yeah, for sick. And she was like, well, it did not look like they had sex. It looked like they went in there and passed out. No, because no, because they were butt, because they were butt naked the next morning. Also, mm-hmm. when they wake up on this houseboat, Dermot Moroni gets up and he leaves. And I said to Dave, it's weird that he just left her there asleep. It and is Dave weird. and Dave said, no, he's just trying to like create a little distance so it's not as obvious when they get off of the boat. And I was like, well, it would have been helpful if I saw her conscious. Um <laughs> Like, and them talk about that. But he gets off the boat in his underwear, and she's still on the boat. Um, and then, like, she kind of wakes up later, and she sort of stumbles off. And as she's stumbling off the boat, her dad sees her from the kitchen and, like, knocks on the window, like, in acknowledgement of the fact that he sees her, which is like, come on. Like, let this be whatever it is. And also not upset about whatever happened to that boat, because that would have been, like, number one for me would have been like, look, I don't care what y'all do. I would have rather you didn't bump it on the boat, but you need to go out there with like a mop and like some some po- some um some pine powdered comet and uh, and get to get to getting because I'm not trusting the fact that y'all didn't leave me with a juice bonanza out there, but I'm not cleaning up. <laughs> so juice get to it, bonanza. Well, but also I want to say to like the interior shots of this boat are huge compared to what this boat yeah, actually no. is that boat that there's they a, went in is a different boat it is this yeah. unless this is james and Jan peach and there's something i don't know about <laughs> the inside needs to mess out yeah and it was it it was distracting shout out to rolled like, by the way doll oh you got that one <laughs> which one didn't i get kelly all right. <laughs> so we so we get them I'm sorry off. I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the actors who started in Maroon Five videos. But um, yeah. So we get them off the boat, and then, and then like he comes up to her in the. She's like they're back in the hotel. The, um, sorry, they're back upstairs. And I think the reason that I gleaned that they would have had sex on the boat would have been maybe proximity of rooms and like fear that maybe like i think they were scared that their parents were gonna hear or something well, you i don't know. think he was anything i think he just woke up and went where he was told to go but yeah. also y'all could have like bumped it downstairs in the living room or something like i don't know this boat i would have been like i'm not doing this i also just feel like i'm also I too big. i wake up i like if i walk upstairs too quickly i wake up the next day and and i am just like when did i get in a car accident my body <laughs> The way my body's set up, what you're not gonna get is me. I wake up with a bad back if I sleep in a if I sleep in a twin bed. So I can't even imagine a world in which I would We're sleeping in a boat. Yeah, I don't think it would be the ideal location for me either. Um It's a tight it's like a tight, clunky space. Yeah. And it is just it's not the tea. And so they get upstairs. He goes he, also he, if I'm drunk and wanna have sex with somebody, like I'm not really I'm not thinking ahead. I'm just well, like also, trying to, but if you're I'm drunk and you mine. have sex with somebody, you're not thinking about second locations either. Um, That's true. Just, let's just do I it in this bedroom like, and be quiet. Yeah, it's like, who cares if we make noise? Also, it's funny, too, that her as, like, the female, that she's, like, anticipating all of, like, the loud sex she's going to be having and all, of, like, the moans of the pleasure. <laughs> that she's like, let's, ooh, let's get and out of this bedroom next to my parents. You're going to have me moaning like crazy. It's like, and sure. meanwhile... Like Dermot Maroney couldn't be more quiet. Oh, like, Dermot Maroney <laughs> fell asleep in the middle. 
and probably like woke up punching the air because he thought it was like he was having a nightmare or something. Um, but yeah, it's very that. So upstairs, they, they're upstairs, and then he goes and he like he gets like all of this this whole like setup for like you know the typical television breakfast in bed that ever happens in real breakfast life. Breakfast in and bed, yeah. He gets like the tea comes up with like the tea and like the toast and stuff, and and she does not remember them having sex. Like he approaches her about it, and she says like nothing happened last night right do we think she really doesn't remember or do you think I she's do. playing dumb i think okay. she really doesn't remember the, okay. the, like the way in sure which i, I think that. she really didn't remember i genuinely did you not think so did you think she I did remember like, she was, i was thinking there was maybe <laughs> i was like her cheap ass is trying to get away <laughs> oh you thought it was her nickel and diamond in. <laughs> you thought it was her being like you know <laughs> i was, like, I was you know drunk what? last night when i got those coins out of the bank <laughs> I really pulled out a lot of fucking money. I cash no. check my ass could not afford. <laughs> no, no. Oh, girl. Oh, girl. She, I think she genuinely didn't remember. And All I think right. if it wasn't that, I think we would have gotten more of those cutaway shots. Like, this isn't a movie where, you know, this isn't a movie where they're layering things. In. This isn't Chinatown. So I think we would have gotten, like, a couple of cutaway shots of her looking like, you know, the cat that got the cream. So, right. uh, so All right. Well. <laughs> I, but my question for you was going to be, and I don't know. No. So I okay. thought I would ask um, you as a owner of, um, uh, I don't want to say that crudely. I don't know how to say it really. Um, I don't know how to say it. As a, as, a, as a woman with certain equipment, could you tell me, is it possible? Would you not know <laughs> if you had sex the night before? You would know. You would know, right? Yes, of course. That's what J- Dave and I, I mean, two of us, blindly in the blind. <laughs> I was like, I was like, would you know? I mean, he was like, I don't know. And I was like, I don't know either. I feel like you would know, though. You I would feel know. Like there's no mm-hmm. waking up and just being like, oh, so that was the thing that, that I, number one thing I thought was like, and it's not I good mean, if you don't cer- know, girl. There's certain factors that, whatever, but yes, je- like, yes, you would know. Well, if this is a story they're trying to tell and he's like the gigolo of the town, then it's also like, that's not good either for you, for business. Um, but, but well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if it's that uneventful, what is everyone talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why well, you getting thousands of dollars? Um, and so you didn't. It didn't line up with the story. And so then, like, then that whole thing happened. So then he's basically saying, like, "Oh, you don't remember." And then he sees all the money in her purse and he confronts her, and he's like. Especially what do you have because, all this money sorry. a purse for? Which also, it's her sister's wedding, so that money could have been, like, for, like, a caterer or anything. something. Also, for, like, also like, a, she should just be like, oh, I found a really good exchange rate at an ATM, so I took out all of my cash there that I'm going to spend this weekend because, like, you know, it's the it was the best way to save money or whatever. Yeah, or, oh, know, this is money for... travel hack. Yeah, also, or this is travel hack? hack. Is that your YouTube channel? Oh. Hashtag travel hack. Oh, okay. Brandon. Um, so I, yeah, no, but I was thinking, yeah, that money could have been like, oh, I'm holding on to this. She, you know, it's my sister's money that she's going to take on her honeymoon with her. Like it could have mm-hmm. literally been anything. Anything. And, it was, and he came in <gasps> hot and he was like, what's yeah. this money for? After, and this is the moment after she has basically explained to him that she does not, like, she doesn't, she doesn't, she doesn't explain. I don't remember having sex with you. She said, she, what, he says something and she basically says, we didn't have sex, did we? And he says, uh, no, no. And then he leaves and he's kind of upset. And then he looks in her wallet. He sees the money. He comes back in and he says, oh, what's this for? 
And then she says, I was drunk last night and I thought maybe something was going to happen between us. So I just got it out in case. I'm sorry. And then like he says, I, you know, I never said anything about charging you. And it's like, don't be mad at her for being prepared. The thing, the thing is, this fight pisses me off so much because he's so mad at her for taking out money because she wanted to get laid. But he said in the beginning of the movie, if you want to get intimate, it's going to cost more. And, and we haven't seen any growth. Is, sweetheart. Yeah, and we haven't seen you any get growth paid or any to have sex with people. No shade. No, uh, that no shade. Is Absolutely not. Just as good work as any other kind Absolutely. of work. But the fact that you are like upset that she wanted to pay you, like you haven't shown her that you are feeling differently about her as a client versus like a potential, like you know, intimate partner. So the conversation hasn't been had so you don't like this argument is 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 so fucking stupid and also there there's the moment too for her to have offered it and for you to have said this one's on the house baby yeah and then you know i for me and maybe i'm mistaken but that felt like sort of a connection as opposed to a, a transaction if you're not feeling that way like let me know um because i need to sort of adjust how i'm feeling and like you know we're, for sure she was airing she was airing on the side of like you know you wanting I the money she's also like in in some ways like respecting his profession in a way that she hadn't yeah. before because she's like oh i understand that this is a part of it and so i need to pay for it i'm not it. gonna try and, and, and like, get like a freebie right exactly and then so yeah so calm down and then we get the moment where he says to her he's like oh and he says and just so you know it would have been 300 more and you're 300 short if i if we were gonna have sex just so you know what you would have been 300 short and then she says what 1700 dollars? that's a down payment on a jetta and (laughs) he says and he says yeah And, and then he says well the he says that he says he says so, something that alludes to the fact that the 300 was for something else the 300 was for that other oh, thing or something like yeah, that yeah yeah and it's and like then, what is that what is extra what is it like, i think what, it's what I, is, oh i think it's the i I think well i think that he the, initially it felt like he was saying me to perform cunnilingus on you it would have been 300 dollars extra and then downstairs, she makes a comment to him because the fight sort of continues down to breakfast and they're having this hushed tone fight over breakfast. And he goes right. to the refrigerator and she goes up to him and she's like, she's like, what, the $300? I can't believe for you to do that to me. And he goes, no, for you to do it to me. And I was like, all <laughs> it's right. Like, I promise you no woman is paying $300 to perform a blowjob on anybody. <laughs> I know. I was, I was kind of into it, though. I liked his energy in that moment. I was like, okay yeah um, i mean but, tra- like sure 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 i'm loving the like, confidence is what i'm saying me too um, me too but but yeah no you're right for sure nobody's doing that but um so unless that's your unless that's your thing is like that type of domination yeah, maybe, yeah i don't want to shame anybody maybe some people really do like that but from a lot of women i hear it's like not their <clears throat> bag so yeah. to speak anyway so i would love to get to the reveal at the, the big, rehearsal we have dinner. our big plot twist Rooney and this our, is and this comes after we've sort of at this point we've established I mean we haven't established like in terms of writing in the script but we just established because <laughs> they forced it down our throats really quickly they shoehorned it in that these two are like are that our two like leads each are other. falling for each other and they've moved on to the countryside because it wasn't like picturesque enough just being in London we had to take it to like the countryside it's like they want you to understand these people have money that this life is money and I'm like who's who's English countryside manor is this because they talk about like going there during the summers as kids and I'm like who owns this and why are they so wealthy why don't I have friends who have stuff like this I 
It's because I've been How messing around with you for of, so many years. I, I know. Seriously, I think about this too. You, you're not bringing any rich friends to the do mix. Do we need? Do we need to like maybe take a break from each other and really we devote our energy separate? towards? We gotta What's diversify. What's that lakeshore called where all the the gays hang out the the on the boats and stuff in the summer? What like the harbor and? It's well, called. I'm, no, like the triangle. What's it called? Oh, the Viagra Triangle. That's no, like, not the Viagra Triangle, but the water. The playpen. Thank you. Oh, the playpen where everybody hangs is out. That we need where to the get gays to the, hang out. The rich gays I hang I out. I always see. I don't know. Gays always posting photos at the playpen. Um, I always well, I'm see like housing, like you boats. know, I'm eating like hot links, and like they're all at the playpen, and I'm we looking don't have for the a friend. We don't barbecue. have a single friend with a boat. We don't have a single friend with an English a, con- a countryside. Dave used manor. to have a boat, but it was before we met. Yeah, I remember that, and then he sold it, and we never got invited on the fucking boat. Yeah, he like he pared down once we got together. Yeah, he, take like, from that what tra- you will. Yeah, tried to be like financially responsible or something because it was easy. No, he decided he met me, and then I made the mistake introducing him to Jane, and then he was like, oh, "No, he was like, oh, this that. man is gonna cost me a lot of money. I might as well because I'm gonna have to carry this motherfucker on my back." How dare you? No, he met you, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, oh, messy bun, no makeup, crew neck." I got you, and I got your, I got, I got your, your tab. So he says, I can get oh, rid a of this boat. Classy lady who loves to be comfortable. Who she's been shopping at Eternally Forty is what he said. <laughs> this isn't the kind of chick that's going to want to be on a boat in the playpen. And so we're not popping bottles because of that. So what would you? What the hell would you do in the playpen on a boat? You just, you would. I don't think you'd have fun. Look, my family goes on a boat all the time. <laughs> we go out on boats when I go back to Texas. I know how to go on a boat. I know how to have a good time. I turn okay. on the jagged edge and we get it going. Keys to the range, baby. <laughs> That's right. right. It's only, we're only playing odds. We're only playing odds. We're having a full fantasy. I love so it. So anyway. Frankly. <sighs> okay, so big plot twist. Jeffrey, <laughs> no name, tells Kat okay, in Jeffrey, the no wine Kat's cellar. Ex, by the way, Kat's ex-boyfriend, Jeffrey, the guy who is the best man at the wedding. Sorry, the best man. fiance who we've spent some of the movie seeing sort of like, he's been in the periphery. He's a real and peripheral he's character. He's been really like, he's been pining after her. We've been seeing sort of these rumblings within him that we're sort of like, as people who consume romantic comedies, we're taken to... To understand that this is code for Jeffrey is a person who is going to, at some point in this movie, pull Kat aside and explain to her that he regrets breaking it off with her and that he is still in love with her and he wants her back. That's what we're that's what we're led to believe by our understanding of the romantic comedy. But this is where they get us, Jane. But this is the plot twist. He takes her down to the wine cellar and we are getting we are putting on our our gloves and our padding ready to have a boxing match because he's about to tell Kat that he's still in love with her. But that's not what he does. As she (laughs) rejects him before he can even tell her, she's like, I'm tired of us in this back and forth. Let's just put an end to our story and go back to the party and celebrate the bride and groom. And he goes, "Ah, ah, 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 hold on, sis. (laughs) You have got it wrong and i'm gonna hit you with the new headline which is i slept with your sister repeatedly he uses the phrase we kept at it like rabbits and that's why he broke up with her but (laughs) cat 
I'm still in love with her. She can't marry my best friend tomorrow. What should I do? Now, I have a lot of questions. Number one, why the fuck are you confessing this to her sister? It makes who you used to be engaged to. Also, a a plot device that's used often, and I love it because it's so stupid. I love when somebody (laughs) gives someone a huge piece of information and then the person Mm -hmm. goes, come again? It's like, you heard everything I just said. Like, (laughs) you can repeat it? Exactly. We're not in. We're not in like a wind tunnel. We're in a quiet we're cellar. We're in a quiet and it's cellar, <laughs> and I am using my outside voice. But, anyways, as with a lot of romantic comedies, this all gets res- res- resolved very quickly. The there wedding are a goes couple, on, okay. but there are a couple things I want to bring up. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah we can. So one thing that I want to bring up. You're looking at that clock. You're like, we're over eight o'clock and this needs no, to no, wrap. No, I'm just, I, I, no, no, I just want to, I feel I, you. I, look, I have another two pages of notes on this, but I'm look, just like. The other things, there's a couple things I want to bring up. So first I want to bring yeah. up the fact that after this all happens, she has her confrontation moment. With, yes. She has, she, she, this all happens. And then she's upstairs, you know, drying off. He's stormed off. He's staying in the, the carriage house because they have a carriage house because they can have shit like that. Yeah. Um, and so, so Nick's in the carriage house. She's in her room upstairs drying off from her rainy fight. And then Amy with her <laughs> tail between her legs, she brings her little ass in the room and she's fully ready to play the victim, which she's done her whole life. And she's like, Hey sissy. And she's like, and she says to her, she says, she says, Oh, I'm going to tell him I'm, you know, in, um, in this moment, she's basically saying to her sister, I'm going to tell Edward, who is her fiance, about what happened with his best friend. She's, I'm going to tell him in, like, in my own time. And then Kat basically uses an opportunity to flambe her ass. Um, well, she could have gone harder. She could have <laughs> gone a lot I, harder. She could have gone so much harder. I would have. I, I would have. I would have. I would have read her Edward. like the fucking Magna Carta, baby. <laughs> uh, she she just let her have light, like light, so light. Oh, she would have so left light. the room. She wouldn't have been able to walk. She would have <laughs> left the room. So many tears in her eyes. She would have ran into the door frame trying to get out of the room. I would have had her ass. Lost shook. my voice. Screaming ooh, in her ass. <laughs> so, oh, that's a little, that's a little, a little clue in now. Jane and I are doing conflict. Um, so she, so, she, so she says to her instead. She keeps it really classy and really, really just terse. Something in this she, moment I would not be capable of doing. She go, said to her. Ahead. She said because keep in mind what we're dealing with. So many things. Key is that like you have allowed your sister to go back to the States, heartbroken. Her fiance has broken up mm-hmm. with her and you know that you he broke up with her because you have been carrying on an affair with him. And, and she's like broken hearted and confused. She's like, been broken hearted and confused and you've let her live and move through the world in this pain, questioning herself and what she could have done wrong while you were in possession of the knowledge that could have freed her. And she was in possession instead, of his dick every night for like months afterwards. And you, you, and you watched your sister in that kind of pain, and you just went on with your life. That is some yep. wild behavior. That is some like sociopathic it is, shit. It is such a level of cruelty. So, yeah. so that. So she comes in the room and she's got a little tail between her legs. She's like, "Hey, sissy," <laughs> and she's like, "You know what?" She's like, "I'm gonna hit you with the headline." She's like, she says, I'm going to tell Edward in my due time. She's like, oh, yeah. She's like, yeah, best that you best that you go ahead with the marriage, with the wedding tomorrow. And then you tell him after you've trapped him into marrying you under false pretenses. (laughs) And I was like, let her 
have it. I and wanted more. I wanted I more. Wanted, I wanted to be the one to yell at her fucking crying Jane ass. Jane just like, pops <laughs> out of the armoire. And one more thing. And she's like, oh my God, is that dress from Forever 40? Um, so Why are you clapping in between every word of your sentence? Exactly. And then I'm behind Jane. And, points. and I like pop out behind Jane. I'm like, and that's a what? Period. Um, so, so then that happens. And then she says to her, you know what, Amy? I'm going to show up to your wedding tomorrow and I'm going to play the role of the doting sister and I'm going to celebrate you. But tonight, right now, I am not going to tell you that it's okay because it's not. And mm. I was like, this is all too mature for me. That is um, so <laughs> And it's still, even that, which is so generous of her, and Amy still leaves. I would never and, show up to that wedding. And, and Jane, and, and then, oh, and then, oh, God, Jane, oh. And then Amy leaves <laughs> with tears in her eyes out of the room crying. It's like, nobody feel bad for you. No, nope. and then so all that happens, and then Nick ends up leaving, and then Nick ends up like deciding to come back after talking to like this the, the dad and realizing that she's a special one. He doesn't want to like, get away, and in all of this, Amy decides to tell Edward what happened. Well, Deborah and, goes back to get Nick, and Nick decides to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Sorry. she's shocked that he's gone. It's like, girl, of course he left. <sighs> the um, thing that bothered me too because it's like, what time is this wedding? You think he's sitting around in this boathouse waiting for you to come grab him? It was him? this dark, dank carriage house, and she shows up like right before the wedding. It's like that means he's been out here for almost twenty four hours, and you think he's just sitting in here, right. twiddling his thumbs? He's gone. Like, usually, like the earliest wedding ceremony is like early afternoon, and it's he probably like, took that, that seventeen hundred. I would have been out. Yeah, he probably took that seventeen hundred dollars out of your purse too. If I were him, I would have taken services well, rendered. Well, he left. Remember, he left the envelope of the money there. Oh yeah, for her. I don't want and it. And the thing that pissed me off too, I was like, you left like six thousand dollars worth of cash plus seventeen hundred, maybe, or no, she still had the money. Fourteen hundred. So six. Yeah. So it was. It was six thousand dollars. Um. Of worth of cash, he left an envelope in a boathouse. He wasn't sure she was going to return to. Even if I wasn't going to take the money, I'd be like, I'd be like, I'm going to take this for safekeeping because I don't know where it's going to go. I'll get this back to her. You would have never got it back to her, Jane. You're alive. So (laughs) I would have gone to eternally forty and and got my money's worth and spent eternally seven thousand dollars. (laughs) Probably you had. So so this all happens. Then he shows up at the wedding, but while this is happening, Amy decides it's better to tell her her future husband that. He and her husband does know that she was sleeping with somebody else when they started dating. He does not know Mm -hmm. that it was his best friend and his best man. So when she's revealing it to him, she's only revealing half of this to him. He knows that there was another person at one point, but she reveals to him. And in this moment, he then goes out and he there's this comical scene of him chasing, you know, um, of him uh, chasing Jeffrey, his best man, out of the, the chapel and everything. And then... Conveniently, as he's chasing him down, you know, through through the rolling plains, we have Nick returning. And so Nick gives him a ride back to the wedding and all's well that ends well. Everybody figures it out, apparently. But uh, it's uh, the the uh, it all wraps up with the bow. She gets to walk down the aisle and have her moment. It, and that's what the thing that pissed me off this movie. Remember the older I'm getting? The thing that pissed me off more than anything in this movie was the fact that. That Amy gets a happy ending. And Amy doesn't actually, she doesn't actually grow at all as a person. And she literally gets to have done everything that she did. Apparently, Jeffrey's ostracized from, like, the family and the social circle in some way. But, like, Amy gets, there is no real, like, recourse (laughs) for, like... 
There's no punishment. There's nothing. She gets her beautiful wedding. She gets forgiven by the groom before the wedding. Which is unhinged. And it's quick enough that no nobody realizes there's a problem. Because they just walk down the aisle like nothing has happened. It seems like Kat forgives Kat. Yeah, it seems like Kat forgives her for like Oh my god. I would the fact that Kat goes back to that wedding is the maid of honor for her sister, even though her sister did the most extreme like damage to her and a huge, 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 huge betrayal. And she like does her maid of honor speech. I was like, there is no way that you would get me in front of that microphone and I would play nice, especially if the champagne was flowing. I would have some choice words for Amy on her big day. Also, the thing too isn't so much like you two had sex at some point Point, which is messed up enough but yeah. it is like it is the decision to continue having sex Repeatedly. that is the that's the thing that really gets me and i'm not gonna say it's not messy as hell to have had sex with the person who your sister was engaged to because that in and of itself is deplorable but i yeah. will say that like you making the decision to keep doing it over and over again is a totally. different level of wild to me. There's a different energy for like, oh my God, I made a huge mistake. I did it once. Like that was horrible. Like in my mind, there's still a way to work back to like a new normal where like you yes. work through it with your sister and like things can be, you know, like you have to spend a lot of time building trust back, but like you can get there. But the fact that it was months that they quote, went at it like rabbits. Well, your sister is halfway across the world crying her fucking eyes out because her wedding was called up. I mean, just the, you have to be the fucking worst. Yeah. Absolutely. To even be able to do that, knowing knowing the condition that she's in is like, yeah, you know, and then also watching your mom roast her at that little like rehearsal dinner thing about how she can't keep a man. Yeah. And knowing that you you were full on pulling a Christina Emilian and dipping it low. um, (laughs) It's just like. (laughs) Pick it up slow, babe. And she picked it up slow. Roll it all around. Oh my god, such a good song. Such a good song. But also, we are learning lessons from Amy, which is don't be like Amy at any point. In don't it, be ever. like Amy. And if you are, then just be be white and blonde and little and just cry. And just and just cry and, and use then a baby go, voice. <laughs> and use a baby voice. And then you're done. And then and say, That's my whiskey. Thanks, my half sister. I whole love you. Yeah. And and just tell your your fiance your your husband almost just tell him I fucked your best friend for for a couple of years it is what it is um, yeah the one that was engaged to your sister absolutely yeah, yeah I'm the reason uh-huh. that whole the, shit the, fell apart the one and only you ready to put the <laughs> ring on it now you ready for a lifetime of this or a couple of years of this because let's be honest oh that's um, not lasting no, that's not God, lasting no. um so uh that's our movie and we also find out that nikki boy and cat make it work and nick gives up his career for her which is like i love that you felt like you had to put that in there i know because a person can't be happily married to a sex worker and And also a person can't happily be a sex worker as well like right exactly you have to be doing it uh, you know only in the most dire straits it's like some people I enjoy the work. <laughs> but they were like, oh, hey. that's too complicated for this audience. <laughs> it's too, one, and too complicated for 2005, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, one of the things I did think that was weird, you get like a little synop, like they give like everyone gets like a little like, oh, you know, little baby epilogue. Yeah, little baby epilogue. And TJ, the cousin, is seen like getting it on canoodling with the bartender Woody who famously had bad breath and it's like oh she found out how he got his nickname and my first thought was how the hell did this fucker get invited to the wedding (laughs) (laughs) it didn't seem like he was a close family friend (laughs) yeah Kat's got enough men at this wedding let's put the brakes on this also that means that Woody came from the city to the countryside for this too yeah exactly for this shit it's too much it's too much (laughs) Anyways, Bran, I have a question for you. Yep. Would you watch this movie again? Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. watch it again. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and and it, like, it'll be on, and I'll keep watching. Of it, course. I, it, like, yeah, it's, it's an like, easy it's, seventy-eight minutes, it's an baby. Easy. It's a. It's like the thing is, the movie itself is actually really enjoyable to watch, but it's not a good movie. It's one no, of those that's movies. The thing. It's an enjoyable, yeah. like mindless watch. It's a rom com. It's a fun it's a time. Rom-com. Like, it's, give it's over to it. They it's have dirt they have dirt cute dirt they have rolling. cute moments together. I, you don't. I didn't watching the movie for the podcast. As with many movies, you break things down differently. But it's yeah, like because before I watch it, and I probably had moments of like, huh, huh. But I never had the moment of like, <laughs> when did they fall in love? And right. that is not a moment you should have in romantic comedy because it is so easy to write <laughs> in two or and all movie. we need is like two or three scenes. All we need Absolutely. we need a scene of her maybe embarrassing herself at that little hen night that he shows up to or getting too mm-hmm. drunk and then him popping up because one of her friends calls him and him putting a cold compress on her forehead while she's in bed and massaging her feet and then singing some stupid song and her being like, oh my God, what is that? And him being like, it's Toto by Africa. You don't like it? That's now their <laughs> song. It's going to come up three more times in the movie. We need a moment of her walking with him down, like, I don't know, some street in London. Mm. And, like, all of a sudden we realize that she's in her little early odd spaghetti strap and she's kind of cold. He takes off his his coat and he puts mm. it around her shoulders. And mm-hmm. then she says, oh, my God, aren't you cold? And he says, um, and he says, you know, that doesn't matter. Or I'm, mm-hmm. or I'm warmed up when I or, yeah, or, or seeing you warm. You're still workshopping it. You're still workshopping it. Yeah. The point is, you just need three <laughs> scenes of that. That's all you need. And yeah, then we're on absolutely. board. Absolutely. Exactly. Like, where but the hell, you where just the hell us, were you in 2005? Right, Let me exactly. Tell you. you know? Yeah. And I don't know. Also, this where was, I was. I, I, I was surprised was to find that this was um, based on a book. <laughs> I, I was like, surprised to find out that this was a Spike Lee joint. <laughs> I didn't see it. I really didn't. And so when that came up I for me. I was surprised to find out that Dermot Maroney was actually played by Meryl Streep. Damn it. You know what's she, funny? I've never seen the two of them in the same place at the same time. Me neither. I'm just time. putting it out there. I see Meryl at the SAG Awards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't seen Dermot there. I, I see Meryl getting that Meryl Golden Globe. The Gigi. At the Academy Awards. I haven't seen. I didn't see Dermot there that night. The Independent Spirit Awards. I've seen Meryl there several times. Yeah. I've seen Meryl at the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it is really interesting. So that is the wedding date. And I'm glad you would watch it again. And I, I do have one final follow-up question for you. Have you prepared um, a movie choice for us to watch next week? I will. I also do want to say, can we give a special shout-out to the heavy lifting that was done by one Mr. Michael Bublé? They, oh they, they called on, they called on the catalog, baby. Somebody they was like, we're going all in. 
flipping through and they were like, we'll oh, take them all. They we'll made take a choice. All. And don't get me <laughs> wrong, I love all of them, but it is a very like distinct like choice to make. And it was the first Absolutely. thing I remembered about this movie when you said the wedding date. The first thing I thought was, there's a lot of Buble in this movie. I forgot Buble was featured Buble so aggressively. And you know mix. what? I've never been mad about it. I've never no. been mad about that crime. I'm here for it. So. I just give over to it. I, I, I know. Too. Come on. Um, but yeah, he doesn't so, like that. You, you don't like that. You're not a. You're not even a. You're a robot. You know. If what I mean? you didn't sit in the window of your dorm room and play Michael Bublé's <laughs> home, <laughs> while well, a single tear falls down your face, you're not a person. You so we're fundamentally different. Is what we're saying. Absolutely. And on that note, Jane, you actually inspired my choice um, for <gasps> this week I, I was trying to think of I'm something a lot of people's muses so you are this movie mm-hmm. this is actually gonna be all about this is uh the oscar the grouch story um which okay. i thought you were really gonna identify with because you're trash can lady um no i actually <laughs> this week this next movie is uh a movie that's near and dear to my heart Ooh. um i don't know if you've seen it i don't think you have okay uh but it is the best man the best man is that with kevin hart no. Okay. Well, I definitely haven't seen it. Is Kev- Kevin Hart is not in a movie called The Best Man at any point? He's not. No. Um, right. So good. The, um, the it Best is from Man. What year? 1999. Okay. Mm, 1999. Just want to make sure I'm. Ah, uh, okay. I know what this movie is. No, I have not seen it. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm so excited. But we are continuing with our wedding-themed movies. This is one I've been wanting to give you for a while. And then when you gave me this, I was like, this is the moment. I love it. Well, I'm glad we're doing a wedding theme. Um, You know. Spoiler alert. You're going to love it. (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to love it. Um, well, thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, we love you and we appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed our chat about the wedding date. If you want to continue to chat with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Movies We Missed and on Twitter at MWM Chat. And we will see you next week for The Best Man. We love you. Thank you. Goodbye. When the rhythm starts to play, then make me Bye. Because I'm not trusting the fact that y'all didn't leave me with a juice bonanza out there, but I'm not cleaning it up.